Warning, this podcast may contain graphic and triggering content. Please listen at your own risk. Each individual struggle is different and everyone's recovery and healing journey is different. Please reach out to a certified medical professional if you need help. Welcome back. Welcome to episode 53 of Stomp the Stigma, the podcast aimed to fight the stigma surrounding mental health through education, awareness, experiences, stories, resources, and the vulnerable truth. This week's episode is part two with Sachin Ladi. If you didn't hear last week's episode, go back and listen to episode 52. But today we get into more about his whole journey. So far, everything that he's changing and has changed in his life and kind of how he developed or discovered his mental health issues, as well as a whole bunch more about his run, why he's doing what he's doing, and why it's so important to him. There's a lot in this episode, but I hope you guys love it, and I can't wait to have him back on again. I did not know that that's what happened to your brain as well. That's crazy. Growing up in my family, like we didn't share emotions at all. And oh. you stuffed everything inside. If you had a problem with somebody, you like push it down until it's like gone. And yeah. so as an adult now, I'm learning how to express emotions and feel emotions and communicate all of that. So that is... It's tough, for sure, especially when you're stuck in your own way, right? Yeah. Like, when you're, when you're in your own habits and stuff, like, I know, look, I'm I'm pretty, I might sound really smart, <laughs> but, and look, I, I'm just, here's the reality, I'm not unintelligent, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm, but I'm, um, I can be stubborn at times or, or mm-hmm. reluctant to change behavior, and, um. When I hear, but when I hear things like you know what the psychologist said, like based on some, I'm like okay, okay, cool, good. That's like now I know for certain that this is what's going on here. So and I almost felt different to like since I had that sort of, I hadn't felt like that in a long. It was oh, really stressful. My head was fucking like this, and almost the next day, the day after, like today, I feel different. Like I've, my perspective has shifted even more. Mm-hmm. And I know what, I understand this process. I have to shed everything, right? Yeah. And I'm not, I haven't told you a lot of things because right now I can't explain some stuff. Um, just it, the nature of my environment, I can't talk about. But, yeah. um, you know, I'm excited to get these challenges now. My physical challenges and even organizing this one is the, is the fun part for me. Everything else in my life is difficult. Everything else. So I'm, building a lot of mental resolve over the last couple of years because under the circumstances I've been in in the last couple of years, I find it very difficult to believe that any other person or very many people could have accomplished what I have done in the short period of time based under all of the stress I've been under. Mm-hmm. So much has been happening. But I needed all that to happen to understand what needs to be done because I, f- I feel like I'm being... I feel like... Um, it's almost like I'm going through a crucible. Like a lot of things are outside of my control or happening. Mm-hmm. They're affecting my mental health, but it's forcing me to evolve through it. And today I was happy about that because I felt a, a shift again today. 
where I was thinking about certain things and whereas I would have been upset and really hurt about them, I started smiling. <laughs> so now I'm, I'm almost starting to understand when I see some of these motivational speakers you see on TikTok or, or these reels or you see Goggins or these people, you hear the things that they say and you're like, okay, cool, that's okay. Now I understand it. I've internalized it all now because I'm doing it and I'm seeing it actually work. So it's pretty crazy. I'm actually experimenting and applying some of the theories that I'm hearing from these people and seeing if they work. And the reality is they do. Mm -hmm. Problem is it's hard. So no one does it. But to me, this is the way. I think if people want to improve, at least from my perspective, People want to improve, they have to do it with everything that they do. So you almost have to put on that proverbial white belt every single day. Mm -hmm. And you have to do difficult things all the time, not because it's a difficult thing and you want to be cool, I'm a big shot. It's a difficult thing because it humbles you. It's a difficult thing, then you have to learn. You have to learn from someone else. And you have to ask and you have to read. You have to research. You have to, you're improving yourself through the process of learning that thing. So, for example, I had to learn how to run. I never did it. I thought, okay, yeah, like, you can run, but not as a sport. There's nuance to it. I learned. I didn't know shit, but now I know, right? So, in a year and a half, from a bodybuilder to now I can run, distances that people who have been doing marathons can't do. In under a year, I've gotten sponsored by three companies. In under a year, the exposure that we've gotten and, and the raising all the money and all this stuff that's kind of happening out of it all happened within a year. Some of that's because of me, but the reality is a lot of it's because of what we're trying to do. People care. People care because everyone's affected by mental health if they want to believe it or not. And you have all types of voices um, talking about mental health. I'm not sure if I've seen a voice like mine. So I want to use it the best way I can to smack people awake because most people are coddlers. I'm not yeah. like I'm old fashioned to a degree in that regard, but new school as it relates to the connection to my emotions and to connecting with other people. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I am no nonsense. If you're going to fuck around, I'll let you know, but I'll help you get to where you need to, if you need to get there. And not that I know everything, but I'll work with anybody if we're working together and, 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 and we're trying to do positive things as a group, as a collective, I'm down. But uh, I, got, I don't really have much time for people who don't want to do positive things. Mm -hmm. If you're meaningful and you want to do meaningful things, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. If you're not, and, if, and that goes if I disagree with you. We still have conversations. And to be perfectly honest, I love, these, I love having these types of conversations. I, I prefer doing this than going out for a run. I'll tell you that <laughs> one. <laughs> I, but I, I went for a decent one today. And uh, I, I, I got to get up tomorrow morning, probably around five, and go for a quick one. But yeah, I'm excited. I don't know. I just keep talking. You just sit there. And I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to make shit. <laughs> That's okay. I I prefer being on the listening end anyways. <laughs> Let me tell you another story then. What else we got? Um <laughs> Well, anyway, so for this year, that's the goal, right? And the, the really, that's it. I just want to get the word out 
I want people to understand who I am too, right? Because mm -hmm. I've been getting some questions on my social media and it's just randomly. And when I post some videos, some people are shocked at what I say and how I say it because they're how raw I am and stuff. And yeah, yeah I just want people to get to know me better so that they know I'm genuine yeah. and that I'm, I'm honest and I'm passionate. I'm not perfect at all. Like, so people are probably going to hear some not so good things about me and some good things about me, but at the end of the day, my heart's in the right place and I just want to do good things and I want to be a positive person for, I just want to be a better person for everyone around me. And yeah, I'm a work in progress. I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes and I'll make some more. What I can promise to anybody and everybody is that I'll own any mistake if I made one. And I'll, I'll try to do my best not to do it again. <laughs> but outside of that, uh, you know, I'm open to talking to anybody and having a conversation. Anybody wants to go for a run, if they're in the round, if the area where I'm at, I'm down. I just met up with a, 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 a just a veteran. Uh, he just retired a few months ago and he moved into the area. So he connected with me and we just went for a run on Sunday. Just... Uh, you know, putter around, you know, he's new to the area. So had I not taken on this journey, I would have never met him, never met you, never met hundreds of other people that have been contacting me and I've been contacting and I'm just, uh, just a fucking guy just trying to run. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to do something cool. I don't know. It's, it's really humbling, man. Like, I mean, I'm sitting here in my basement suite and I'm just the guy trying to <laughs> take care of my daughter and yeah. do something good. I don't know. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. So your mental health journey is, it only started like relatively recently. I'm in it right now. Yeah. Yeah. But you I'm talked still, about... I'm a, work, I'm a work in progress. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we all are. <laughs> I talked about something. So sorry, you were saying I talked about? You mentioned like your anxiety and depression and your diagnosis looking back at your life, was that something that was always there? Like when you were a kid, do you think? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Once it was diagnosed, uh, when it was made clear, it was like, fucking thank God. I was like, it was like, yeah. cool. It explained a lot, right? Um, uh, for me. Oh yeah. And, um, I mean, you could even argue there's some elements of ADHD, right? Um, so like my my thoughts do scatter, uh, my uh, hyper focus as an adult, right? Like it's, it's all there. Um, also, I've experienced trauma as a child, so there's elements of that. So I mean, you, to diagnose it like as one individual thing, it's possible. There's so much kind of going on. But when I was, I didn't even know it was a thing, right? I had no. I, my, my parents are immigrants, right? And uh, now, having said that, they're not. They're, they're educated and they speak English and they're, you know, all that kind of stuff, but they still have a different, and look, my parents are 75, 80, so their perspective on mental health is probably different as well, right? And now reflecting back on my life, it was not pleasant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm probably pretty sure if my parents were to be asked today, they would say they probably would have done things differently. Um, things are different at those times and environments. They did the best they could with the information that they had. So no anger or, or, or anything towards anybody, but it's a, rap, it's a reality, right? And it's a reality that, you know, did manifest myself in a certain way. And uh, also I think there's some 
I think there's also some genetic predispositions that, you know, when I look at my dad, I see pretty, you know, anxiety and depression. And he's been drinking for 40 years. So, <laughs> you know, and then you can look at, and then uh, I go down rabbit holes, I'll tell you. Then you look at communities. Then you think about blood memory. Do you know anything about blood memory? Mm-hmm. So then I start thinking about that. And then I think about the region that are, where my family comes from in India. And I start thinking about how many generations of people have been oppressed there and how many people were uh, murdered and, and martyred and killed and all that kind of stuff. So there's got to be some element because there's a, re- there's a lot of the Indo-Canadian community, at least the Punjabi community where my community comes from, it's, they drink. It's a cultural thing. You could ask why, and I have. And then you go down a couple rabbit holes and you start thinking in your own head why, and then you formulate a question, and then you start researching, and then you see what happens. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some element of generational trauma going on there that probably comes down to me at some point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and also my dad's, my grandfather was a cop. So he, you know, in India at the time, in the 40s and 50s, probably being a cop and my dad having a cop as a dad, probably pretty strict. So probably experienced some things that weren't pretty nice, right? So, uh, but learning those things and understanding them now and making sure I don't repeat those errors and understanding how they affect people and how they affect me has helped me through and understand why I have outbursts at times or when I get angry or frustrated. Not as much anymore, but historically, I would get never never physical, but I would get angry, right? Like, and mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, I'd have outbursts and like, uh, yeah, just outbursts, like almost like temper tantrums, kind of like if I was a child, right? And it would be like uh, almost I'd, I'd need like a like a pressure cooker, need a valve release. And when I blow up and come back down, that'd be fine. Yeah. So I could like yell at a friend of mine, be gone, come back and be like, hey, what's up, bro? Be like nothing, right? So trying to understand that, trying to figure that out. It's been like three years, just me constantly thinking. And now that I've kind of have a rough idea, like I don't fully understand, but like I have a rough idea how I function, so to speak. And what motivates me and what drives me, I can at least mitigate some negative behaviors and or at least anticipate them before they happen or start understanding the surrounding that I'm in and then maybe extricating myself from that, knowing that it might be a trigger for me in the future or whatever, right? So just being aware of all that. If you're not aware of any of that, then you're you're getting ambushed every day mm-hmm. and every day, like. Can you imagine being in flight or flight every single day for years? It's not fun. <laughs> it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually did want to ask you about your take on that um, kind of nature versus nurture debate when it comes to the roots of mental health issues. Because there is a huge debate, whether it's a genetic thing or... It comes from like your environment or trauma that you've been through or a combination of that. Like, what is your take on that? Um, look, uh, I am no one to give uh, any sort of scientific perspective no. on it. But having said that, my look, I, I can only speak for myself and yeah. what I feel yeah. and what I understand from the limited information that I've read and 
and seen and heard that I, I don't know, there's got to be a combination of both mm-hmm. makes sense to me. But again, I don't know. I could be a hundred percent wrong. <laughs> it could be a hundred percent genetics or a hundred percent, uh, nature. I'm sorry. Uh, nurture or a combination of both or a split of one 60%, 30. I think I don't know. I bet there's an element of both. I mean, it makes sense logically. Like, yeah, you are predisposed to some things. And then if you're, if you throw gasoline, then a match on it, it'll explode. So that, that logically makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, if you're not predisposed and you throw fire and stuff on something, not necessarily it'll burn. You can put a, a fire retardant blanket on and you're good. So I don't know. Um, yeah. Logically, it makes sense though. So see, I, you give me a question, I can fucking keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. I agree. I think it's, well, at least for me, my experience, I think it's a combination of both as well. I mean, logically, it makes sense. I mean, now having said that, a logic doesn't always sound so. Yeah. But it makes sense. Yeah. I was thinking about logic today, just in general, and I was, I was, and I was talking to a friend of mine. He was saying, "You need to read more." And I was like, "Okay." So then I, you know, I just got some of my books out of my my storage, and then I bought, uh, ended up getting a couple books. But now I was thinking about it. I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll just buy a book on logic and read it. I don't know. Entertaining. Yeah. I'm weird. I like weird things. <laughs> no, because I was just I was thinking about because I kept saying logic with you. I said it two yeah. or three times, and then I thought, well, I'm not using that word a lot today. Is because I was thinking about buying this book today. Yeah. And that, so I'm just going down that my train of thought with you. Sorry. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I think out loud like that too. I, so in your experience, like you've probably talked to quite a few people on here. Yeah. Um, do you notice people that speak like me or talk like me? Because I feel like a little out there the way I think and talk. So it would be nice to hear that it's not that out there. You mean in terms of like going off in tangents and stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean. Cause maybe, yeah. Because I think maybe what it could also be, maybe not enough practice in this format, right? Because when you're yeah. talking like this, you're not doing it a lot. And then yeah. you start tangenting off. But if you're doing this regularly, then you have the practice of doing it. And then, you know, it becomes more natural, I guess. I mean, yeah. Say that's- yeah, that's a really good point. Um, the people I've spoken to that have done this a lot, it's almost like they have a script. And they have their story laid out and they know what they want to say. They know what they're going to go through in order. But the people that don't have that much experience, they'll be telling their story and all of a sudden, like, you're reliving it and you remember different things. And you don't have it, like, fully planned out right away. Well, here's the thing about me. Um, I want to be as authentic as I possibly can be. So if I sound stupid, I'm okay with that. (laughs) Or if I sound um, like I'm using too many big words, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with all of that because yeah. that's who I am, right? Like, I'm if I'm a bit strange, cool, whatever, and I go on tangents. But I want – I have a lot – like, um, I've experienced a lot of different things in life. You can even argue possible careers or perspectives or uh, reinventing myself multiple times. So when I'm thinking back on things, I have a lot to draw upon. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes – I'll get something in my head. I'll be like, oh, this might fit here. 
or this is my figure, or this is entirely different from this environment that I was in. That this, it's, so I kind of don't mind not being scripted because I don't want to be over prepared. Like I, because the reality is, any question you ask me, I'll have an answer for because mm-hmm. I've experienced almost anything that you're going to ask me. <laughs> The reality is, I mean, yeah, not everything, because I haven't, you know, but I, I can at least empathize to something that I haven't experienced because I might have experienced something similar to it, mm-hmm. right? So that's the fortunate, uh, the fortunate part about having experienced a lot of loss and a lot of success yeah. and a lot of everything, because then you have a better wide range of understanding different things and you can have conversations and then you can be more exciting and then when you do podcasts you can have all kinds of people on yeah <laughs> i agree i like the kind of raw uh version better a lot better yeah yeah especially i mean it, it can be difficult if let's say if you're not a good if the person's not good at speaking or he's shy yeah. then it's tough but yeah. i speak a lot anyways yeah and i i i, I talk a lot with people all the time so it's almost kind of natural now. And here's the funny thing. I used to be terrified, terrified to speak in front of people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so weird how much you can change if you put in the effort. That's crazy that you say that. Because when I was in school, I didn't speak a word. And now anyway. that I'm, I've grown up and I'm becoming more and more social. And if you ask me... Like two years ago, if I could do something like this and talk to complete strangers and have these conversations, I, there's no way. There's no way. So, so I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret. Anything you want to do, you can do it. It's true. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, but it's really true, I think. I never really believed it before. Yeah. So last year was really hard getting this one off, right? Because no one believed it. No, everyone would have because that, and, and, and for good reason. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't a runner. <laughs> I never fundraised my entire life, ever. Never ran more than five kilometers, ever. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, like, I mean, when I was saying it, but the difference is my conviction, people don't understand that and my resolve. Mm-hmm. So, I get that from where I'm from and how I grew up. Most people don't know how I grew up. So there's benefits to certain things. There's, there is, so I, I guess I found how to use my negative inner dialogue to drive me. Everything for me to get, uh, this is so weird. Even at work, I would use anything to push me that was competitive in nature. So if I'm doing something at work, I would be with a colleague. I'd be like, hey, you want to do this? See if whoever gets more of this, that, and the other. And, uh, you know, by the end, I'll buy you coffee. Right? But that, it was always something like that. And then you um, – but it was always because I felt like I had to prove myself because mm-hmm. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. I'm useless. So I've done tournaments and jiu-jitsu and stuff. And I remember my first blue belt tournament, I got a – I won. Like uh, I had, uh, I don't know, four fights and uh, I got first place. And um, I was disappointed because uh, I felt I could have performed better. And I was correct in assuming that. But there's a problem with that, right? Mm -hmm. Then you're not living in the moment. And that's a huge difficulty for me, living and staying in the moment. Because then 
start going ahead or in the back and then you start freaking out and then you know then anxiety starts kicking your ass and stuff right so um for me i've been trying to figure out how to find ways to stay in the moment better so when i do things like that i see where i'm weak so i recognize okay why am i what's wrong here why am i feeling that way why do i feel you know whatever right it's because i'm not being in the moment i i i uh i drill down to the basic of what's causing it right and then i know what kind of person i am so i'm not going to meditate at least not right now i uh, it's, i'm not i'm not um developed in my not developed enough yet in my thinking to be motivated enough to sit down for repeated days consecutively for a certain amount of time to practice meditation it's just not going to happen right so I got to find ways like an intermediary way of doing it. So one way is to, I've picked up archery. Okay. So that's one way of staying in the moment. So how do you do that? Well, I'm not going to like, not doing it with a gun because I can do that too, but this with an arch with a bow and arrow, it's a bit different. You know, you can, you're pulling, drawing back, you're looking, you're breathing, you're in the moment. You're taking your time. You're thinking about every element of what you're doing, and then you release. So that's mindfulness, right? So if you're, you can do at least from talking to a couple friends of mine who are really knowledgeable in this field. Anyone can do mindfulness at any given time, and mindfulness is another way of meditation. So while I'm running, I can be mindful. So mm-hmm. I practice that from time to time. So for what I mean by that is uh is, an, is a, a a town here in bank the lower mainland vancouver area called new westminster there's a lot of hills massive hills right up and down like so i go there sometimes to do running on the roads going up and down up and down hills one of my mentors at least i like to call him one uh i talk to him once a week and he gives me i ask some questions he gives me some suggestions and i he, sometimes he makes sense sometimes he doesn't i use some of what he says and sometimes i don't Anyways, but he's a nice guy. He's a retired uh, veteran, and uh, but he's also an endurance athlete. And he used to be uh, like a mountain biker and like mountain bike. Um, what do you call? It? He's done 30, 24-hour solo mountain bike races, right? So that so like he's a uh, like he, they're ultra endurance kind of stuff. So anyways, so he 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 lives in BC in the mountains, and he bikes around. He's got a mountain bike with these huge tires, like thick thick. T- tires on him so i asked him what they were for and he explained and to be honest i can't remember what he said but it made sense i think so anyway the point of the story is it has to do with my run okay so when i was running up these hills and going down the hills i was remembering his bike because he was mentioning how the tire being thicker was helpful for something in the snow or something he mentioned something so i thought okay let me see if i can apply that to my feet somehow so I start spreading out my toes. So while I'm running, I'm trying to spread out my toes when I'm pivoting off the ground. So in order to do that, I have to be mindful of my toes. And then how I'm putting them down, how they're pushing down, and how they're pushing off. So I'm mindful of every step. And then I'm mindful, I close my toes, then open them, and then put them. So the whole entire time, I'm thinking, I'm meditating of that. And then I'm, I'm not feeling pain when I'm running. And then it becomes a little bit easier. And then I start getting into a flow state of my run. Yeah. And then I'm just in it. 
but if I can just can now it doesn't last a long time because I'm not good enough at it yet. But I think, and I don't know for sure yet. I'll figure it out. But hopefully by the end of the year, if I can continue doing that, maybe maybe there is something there. Maybe maybe he's onto something. Right now, I'm just testing against myself. So I'm using his recommendation to see if it's accurate. Because you can't take a recommendation for someone and believe it to be true unless you test it. Just because someone's a doctor doesn't necessarily mean he knows what he's talking about. For you, everyone's different, right? And everyone responds differently to some degree to any stimulus. So you should test it. So that's what I'm doing. And and any and like he's a, he's a world renowned endurance coach. He has four world champions that he's trained. But I'm still not going to take his word for it, right? Because mm-hmm. maybe those people that he trained are different than me. I don't know. So I wanted to see what works for me. Mm-hmm. So far, it's working. What he's suggesting. <laughs> Or at least recommending that I try, but I have to think of it on my own. Like, I, to be honest, I'm kind of ha- proud of myself that I thought of that application just by thinking of his tires. Mm-hmm. But that's what you—that's critically thinking and thinking outside the box while you're doing something. And you're only going to think that way when you're doing something if you do it a billion times. Because yeah. if you do something randomly, one off, you don't care to get really in the weeds and get better at it. You're just going to do it. Yeah. But to get better at anything. The only way to get better at anything, and here's the life hack, is to do it all the time. It's no secret, man. <laughs> and people ask me, bro, like, like, do you know who Jocko Willink is? No. He's a he's a leadership uh, he's a leadership coach, uh, Navy retired Navy SEAL, like this kind of uh, person. But he essentially these types of people say similar thing. I'll tell you what the life hack is: is work hard. That's it. <laughs> There's no secret, because I was talking to my friend Sean, who, if you were to talk to him, you think, oh my God, this guy's a genius, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. But if you really break it down, he's smart, don't get me wrong, he's smart, but his work ethic is unmatched. So if you have someone who's smart and with a work ethic that's unmatched, you're screwed. Because then that person, if his work ethic is unmatched, most likely he's obsessive. And then obsessive, well, then you have no chance because they'll do whatever it takes to get better. And there's only a small percentage of people that are like that. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that the hard way because, you know, wherever you work or wherever you go to school or wherever, you will inevitably find where you stand amongst the people that you're around. Yeah. Not that you're better or worse, but if you're just different or aligned in beliefs and not very many people align themselves with how I think in the sense of like wanting to maximize every skill that you have, mm-hmm. just being the best that you can be. Because most people don't want to, Because and look, man, I don't want to either, to be honest, because I have to put work in for the rest of my life now. That's, how, that's, that's what that means. Like that's what the, that's actually what that means. Yeah. So if people really don't understand, like the burden of accepting what that means. Now it's a burden, yeah, sure, because you have to put in work every day for the rest of your life. But then the work that you're gonna have to do will be less and less, and then eventually you're gonna like that work. So like, yeah. who cares, Yeah. right? It's, it's hard at the beginning, and I'll tell you right now, it's hard as shit. 
Now, most people won't, it won't, and I probably suspect that most people won't find the difficulty level that I'm having because I'm changing everything in my life. Like my career, my life, how I make money, how I think, where I'm going to live, like everything I'm changing. So like, that's stressful. But I can handle it because I've created myself in a way that I can a bit, or at least man- manage it enough. But it's been hard. Wow. But it's it's been, uh, I cannot wait till the end of this year because I'll feel even more clarity. The clarity I have now, so exciting. Like you're seeing me pretty raw right now. I'm like being just pretty raw. Like I'm not, I'm not fronting. I'm being open and honest. I'm, I love it. Yeah. That's, that's what my plan is. And that's really as far as I've thought, to be honest, mm-hmm. as far as I've thought is the end of this year. Because I'm not trying to think about anything else right now because it's too much. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, it's all written down, it's all mapped out. But it's not thinking about it now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, a lot of people don't even think that far ahead, so. <laughs> well, oh man, if you keep me going, I'll probably write down shit for like 10 years. <laughs> but then at that point, it's a waste of time because you can't plan like that far ahead. Yeah. Barely you can plan like. So, really, this year is as far as I can plan because I don't know what the reality is. I'm expecting to fail at least once this year. Like one of these runs, I'm going to colossally mess up and it's going to happen. And uh, cool. I'm looking forward to it because that's part of the journey too, right? Mm-hmm. We, all of this is going to get filmed. Everyone's going to see it. So like nothing's perfect. Like I'm gonna, like there's one run I've got to do. It's in the mountains in Manning Park in BC. It's like 60 kilometers. It's like freaking like elevation, like crazy, that one's going to probably not be good. <laughs> and I'm expecting not to do well, but if it, oh no, I expect to do my best, but I'm not putting pressure on myself to say, I need, I need to win this race. That's not my goal. Yeah. The goal is to just do them, just see where I stand in these. Cause I'm not an endurance athlete. I just created myself to be one this last year. There's people who have been doing this their entire life and they don't do 840 kilometers of racing. So I'm, I'm trying to do something that some people don't do at all. Yeah. And they're in this field. And then after I do this, this year, next year, I'll do something that most people that are in endurance running don't do ever. And then in 2025, within five years, I will have done something that no one's ever done. Ever. I'll be the first Indo-Canadian, well, no, forget that, first person of color to run across Canada. I'll be the first law enforcement officer ever to run run across Canada. So that's cool for everyone who identifies as those people. Now, for me, I understand what that means for me and for my community, both the first responder veteran and Indo-Canadian community. The Indo-Canadian community suffers a great deal with mental health and it's, if you think it's a stigma in the Western society, it's even worse in the Indo-Canadian community. This, just with the Indo-Canadian community alone, running across Canada, will change that community alone. Yeah. Okay. Forget about anybody else. And here's another tip. I'm, I'm not a very religious person, but my faith that I grew up in is a Sikh community, and the Sikhs are an amazing community of people that believe in service. It's a fundamental tenet of, of the faith. And when I'm running across this country, I'm pretty sure there are hundreds, a 
of Sikh temples all over Canada. And I'm pretty sure there are a lot across the border. And if a few Sikh people are running across Canada and we say, let's have free food for everybody across the border, that'll happen. Because that's what Sikhs do from their temples. They give free food to anybody who's around. So that's part of the plan too. So when I'm running across Canada, I want to engage the Sikh community. And whenever, whichever city I'm passing through to have service of um, food being donated to people wherever I'm running. Because I'm a Sikh and um, we're all the same people. doesn't matter what your faith is. And if you're hungry, you should have food. doesn't matter what you believe in, uh, what's happened to you. Everyone deserves dignity of a nice meal, right? And um, when I run across Canada, I'll make sure that I engage with the temples first and see if we can get other religious communities if they want to join in, not as a religious thing, but as a community thing, Mm -hmm. where we're helping people as a community, as a collective, together. We have differences, but we all are part of the same collective. So people have a different political perspective here or here. It doesn't really matter. We're all in the same ocean. We're just different drops of water. That's all it is. We're all going back to the same area. So like, um, that's my vision mm-hmm. and what I would like to achieve. I know it's lofty, probably pretty well, it's naive, but whatever. I'll do it anyway. <laughs> I think that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I was thinking about that a couple weeks ago. A friend of mine who does a podcast in Edmonton was here. And uh, we were just bouncing ideas around. And uh, that was one of them that just came out from us just chit-chatting. And for me, I don't care who comes up with any idea. If it makes sense, let's go. Because <laughs> I don't have a monopoly on raising money for people, right? If anybody wants to be a part of this, yeah, cool. Like, take ownership. Cool, let's go. Because it's not just me. Anybody. You want to join? You want to raise money? You want to be a sponsor? You want to run with me? You want to, I don't know, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Everyone's welcome. Mental health affects everybody. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I also wanted to mention before we finish or anything that mm-hmm. I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the, the companies that are supporting me um, through this process. Um, it's a company called Team Good, G-U-D. And they make, this was the first company that actually helped, jumped in and wanted to help me. I, I, I emailed a bunch of companies and they were a startup company. And what they do is they make a, pro, a ready-to-drink protein drink in a can. But it's not like a creamy, uh, milky kind of protein drink. It's like a juice. So um, it's Ooh. either, a, they have a peach, mango flavor, and like a fruit punch flavor. And it's locally made in Vancouver made by a local entrepreneur and he's a local triathlete who couldn't find something that worked for him. So he created something and the drink is the reason why it's really good for uh, endurance athletes is because it has 20 grams of protein, all like organic and grass fed, this, that, and the other. And it has 545 milligrams of electrolytes, which is more than any ready to drink. And it's like, really in a really massive you have about 1500 uh, milligrams of electrolytes in your body and you know through a long run you're probably going to expend that so if you have two of those drinks you're good 
between your foot. So that, so that's one company. And then, uh, another local company called Endure Apparel. Um, they're a local company on Vancouver Island, um, Canadian owned, and they make, um, socks for runners. So like, the, I never thought socks were that important yeah. until I started running the way I run. So these socks, I haven't had one blister and they're, they're, they wick the sweat away. Like they they this, like, and there's somewhat compression. And so, um, they're a local company. They make the socks. They also make like, um, like hats, sunglasses, things of that nature for running. So they've been super supportive and helpful. And, uh, I'm one of their ambassadors as well. By the way, if someone wants to use my discount code, they can. It's Sachin L15, 15% off everything in this store. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, uh, there's a supplement company that supports me. It's called Team Almac. Amazing company. Um, I've always wanted to have them, so, like, have them as a sponsor. They uh, they help me with the supplements, uh, protein and things of that nature. And they're also a Canadian-owned company based out of Toronto. And they've been supported from the very beginning as well. So um, those are the three companies that are supporting me as it relates to like supplementation and clothes. And then there's a local gym here in the Vancouver area called fit nation stronghouse. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I trained myself to run that hundred kilometers. Um, but I'm not arrogant to think that I can train myself to run across Canada, or at least I want to be responsible enough to be able to engage with other people and see if they can provide me some more guidance because this is a lot bigger responsibility now to run across Canada. So a lot more is going into it. So I've got to put more effort. And so anyway, so I spoke with these guys and this gym is an all-in-one stop shop. It's got uh, a kinesiologist, physiotherapy, uh, nutritionist, uh, strength and conditioning coach, and they're donating their services to help me run across Canada for the next three years. So that's like wow. 15 grand worth of services they're helping me with. So those are the four companies that are been helping and all, all really just based on the my passion and their belief in what we're doing and, and they, they respect what's happening and everyone that I'm getting in contact with feels the same. So a lot of the video production we're doing first is it's a beautiful person. Uh, Tiz Beretta. I met her through the jiu-jitsu community over a year ago and uh, she's a filmmaker and she owns a graphic design company, but she's, worked in film and she's worked in video games and all this kind of stuff. It's amazing experience, like amazing. So before my run last year, I hit her up and I was like, Hey, would you be willing to film some stuff? Uh, you know, how much would it cost this, that, the other. And she wasn't being rude. And I think she just said, you probably wouldn't be able to afford it. Like, like how much were you thinking? I was like, I was like, Oh, what a thousand bucks, something really like, I don't know, right? And she's like, yeah, you wouldn't be able to afford it. The, the cost really would be like 10 grand or something, five or 10 K or something. Right. And then, the, but I told her what the mission was and what the goals were. And, and she asked, was this going to charity? And I said, yeah, hundred percent, everything. She's like, okay. So that was her donation. Wow. So she, that video I just posted on my Instagram, mm -hmm. that was her donation. She did that work filmed all of that stuff with her partner hours upon hours of work 
based on what we're trying to do. And now she's committed herself to following me for three years to archive it all. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> I can see you're like trying to comprehend. <laughs> it's just, um, it's amazing. It's really emotional, really. Yeah. If you think about it, like she doesn't have to do that, but she's doing it because she's a good person. Mm -hmm. She's doing it because she believes in what we're doing. And she, she knows with her help, she knows with her help and the people that are going to come with her help, um, we will reach new heights. So really, I need her help, right? And, and with her help, this can turn it with her vision, the way she sees things, um, her guidance as well, right? Like she's, old, like, she's like a big sister to me now. So like uh, we discuss things like your guidance and she knows this kind of stuff more than I do. I'm, it's not my wheelhouse, right? I know how to grind and how to set a plan. I know how to delegate. I know how to identify exceptional people. So that's what I'm doing. So I identified an exceptional person who's tits. She's exceptional at what she does. And I was honest with her with what I wanted to do. And she was on board. So for me, that's it's pretty cool. So all I got to do is just do work, keep running, and then we're going to film this, and then we'll see. And look, this is just the beginning, because look, this is happening. One more year, imagine how many more other people are going to just want to yeah. do more, like just give more. I'm, this, look, and I don't want to sound arrogant. This is like my old sort of competition mind coming out. You ever seen 14 Peaks? No. Go on Netflix tonight or tomorrow or this weekend and watch 14 Peaks. Okay. Okay. It's a documentary, an amazing documentary on a, an exceptional individual who traversed the 14, highest 14, 14 peaks in the world in the fastest time. And uh, he did it. He's a, he's a Nepalese person and he used Nepalese people to support him. And he, yeah, so he did something that's never been done and never probably will be done again. And his name is Nimsdai. And that movie is essentially what I'm trying to do. So I can do what he just did. And he's on Netflix. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing different than him. I mean, yeah. mentally, I don't see too much of a difference between him and I. Or right now I do. But in two years, I don't because I'm going to put in the work to get where I need to go so that I can get where I need to go. And where I need to go is to get to a certain place that can help a lot of people. And for me to do that, I have a lot of work to do. I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. So, but I'm surrounding myself with people who can help me get there. And they're all exceptional people. And I have to be around them because I'm learning from them and they're helping me. And, um, and with their help and with my help, we'll be able to, do some pretty cool things, I think. So I'm, I'm super excited, but I'm also uh, hesitant to be overly excited because we haven't finished this year. <laughs> I'll be, I think at the end of this year, if things go well, I'll be a lot more excited in the beginning of next year. Yeah. Like, like really different. Because I'll, I'll, I have a feeling a lot of things will start happening. Fingers crossed, anyway. I don't think it's a bad thing to be excited for it. I know, but I don't want to be overly confident 
jinx it, yeah. you know? I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, uh, look, okay, but here's the reality. <laughs> I know I can work, and I know I'm going to continue to work, and I know I'm going to continue on. So mm-hmm. with the current pattern that I've currently put in place, it's inevitable that I run across Canada in 2025. So it's just time now. Everything else is going to happen. Look, we just started. Met, we just met each other. And I didn't know you fucking two weeks ago, right? <laughs> really? Yeah. If you think about it. So, and really, the reality of the situation. I like saying that a lot because there's a lot of reality here. And um, by the end of this year, we'll probably know each other more, and I'll probably know other people more because I'm gonna. This is my new circle of people now. I'm going to Toronto in July 5th to because they've been invited by some veterans to march 100 kilometers with them. They're going to run, uh, march 900K in the Bruce's Trail, but I'll do 100 because I can't stay the entire month with them. But wow. they invited me to join them. Like, that's an honor for me. That's amazing. I'm some fucking guy in Vancouver. <laughs> and they asked me to join them to march. And you know what the, they're doing it for? They're trying to raise $500,000 to help with homelessness in Toronto. Right? So, like, yeah, cool, I'm coming. I'll go. Let's go. Let's let's march for 100 kilometers. Whatever. I get to meet new people. I get to meet people that I want to. I want to maybe learn from too. Right? Like, yeah. you know, I want to be. I just want to be the best I can be. And for me to do that, I need to do what I'm doing. Like, meet people, talk to people, learn from them, mm-hmm. understanding my mental health, and meeting other people with those issues. I think. Uh, normalizes it. I didn't really, honestly, just like you, I didn't really realize that it's normal. Like, it's not abnormal. What's abnormal is if you don't have an issue. <laughs> really. Because yeah. who hasn't had trauma as a kid? Yeah. Everybody, man. Like, if you got hit by your parents, automatic trauma. Done. True. <laughs> You're fucked. <laughs> True. Right? Now, some people, if you get yelled by your parents, you still get trauma. Mm-hmm. Your trauma's not your trauma might not even be different, just how you respond to the, the stimulus. When I hadn't done as much work as I have, I did let my temper get away from me at times. And I have raised my voice in front of my daughter before. It doesn't happen anymore because I could see the response. Yeah. Lucky for me, I recognized it pretty quickly. And you could see just that little bit, just the voice can traumatize. Now, if you add physical to that, mm-hmm. Then you add alcohol to that. Of course, people are going to have problems when they're older. Why wouldn't they? It's like, how do you not have problems anyone through that stuff? That's what my question is. Yeah. Anybody who's gone through that and hasn't had any major issues, I want to know how they did that. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't, I don't, I've only got my life together now. Yeah. Like it's been muddled fucking forever. So that's why I'm also excited because I feel like I'm going to be born again. Like in a couple of years when everything's all kind of sorted and dust settles, I'll feel like um, peace. I haven't been at peace my entire life. And I think I'll feel at peace. I was asking my friend because he lives in the mountains, not so much in the mountains, but like, you know, a smaller town, right? And I asked him because he's not from there originally. He's from a different area. And I asked him, what why'd you pick there? The reason why I was asking was because uh, he and I are, at least I think, are similar in some areas. I asked him why he moved there, because I want to see if he would, was going to give a reasoning that I was thinking, like if he went there for peace or to find peace or to figure out a way to get peace or whatever, right? And he knew where I was going with it. 
So he's like, you're not to be cheeky guy too. He's like, um, you're not gonna find peace next to a babbling brook and a cabin. He's like, how the fuck am I gonna find it? <laughs> but I think what his point was, and I thought, I think a lot. So after that conversation, I thought about what he said there for a few hours, and then um, I realized what he. You're not gonna get peace by going to that place, like just having that there. But if you set yourself up for success, then maybe you'll have it if you put in the work. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that, first thing in the morning, do you make your bed? If you make your bed, you're starting your day off right. You're starting yourself off on a pattern of behavior that's good. If you're brushing your teeth in the morning, you're in routine. If you're doing your your ironing clothes, all this is part of setting the routine for the day. So if you're going, so if if you're finding a place that, in your mind, is serene or tranquil, it sets you up for it. It doesn't necessarily make it happen. So if you're in that environment, I think you probably have to also use the environment for it to affect or have a positive effect on your mental health. However, that is for you. So for me, I don't know what that would be. I'd have to test that out. Maybe I have to be in the bush and or in the you know the you know, have a cabin or rent one for a weekend or something and go run in the trails or like, I don't know, experience it and see it, do that in the summer, then maybe in the fall and then spring and then the winter. So I can have a full understanding if that's what it is. And then if not, then take that idea out of my head and look for another reason or another way to find peace or that is. And then I go there eventually, but this is how I think all fucking day. (laughs) Can you imagine how exhausting it is? Yeah. <sighs> All day. That's the way. So like now, and after this conversation, I'll probably th- think of something else. And I'll think on that for a bit. <laughs> so how do you stop yourself from thinking all the time? Or like, how it's do fun. you relax and, and unwind from that? I don't. I try. I don't sleep much. <laughs> I, I, I try to, like on my days off, I try to, I'll, I'll smoke some cannabis, like I'll vape, and that'll kind of turn me down a bit. Mm-hmm. But it only turns the volume down. It doesn't really... Right. Like, so when I first started running, before I got my medication, I would take an edible, and, and uh, it wouldn't, I wouldn't really be high or anything. It's, it would just turn the distractions down. So like when I would be on a run, and I didn't take anything, I would always be like looking around, thinking about something, or like not, like not trying to be mindful of what I was trying to do. So I think maybe the, the cannabis helped me to get into a more mindful state. Now I don't need, like, now I'm okay. Like, I, like sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I, really, I don't need headphones anymore. I don't listen to music. I just go now. The funny thing is people are like, oh, I can't do that. Yeah, you can't because I did. Like, I mean, everyone can do it. You just don't want to. But people don't want to because it's hard because then they're going to be like, oh, I get distracted. Yeah, motherfucker, you do. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I do it. I got distracted too. But then I did it over and over and over and over again, and then I'm not. That's that's the uh, that's that's the secret. It's not like uh, when you see a Goggins or whoever these crazy people are running 100 kilometers. They didn't do that today. Mm-hmm. They've been doing it for 25 years. Yeah, it's a difference. There's nothing special about David Goggins is not better than me, and he's not like I'm not better than him. We're just different people. Or like anybody who's exceptional with their running, I've only been doing it for two years with the dedication that I have. Some of these people have been doing it for way longer and they're 
way more amazing than me. I'm not doing anything. But the only difference is time. So we just have to put time in. Then you can do exceptional things. No one does exceptional things right off the bat, ever. Like, you show me one person that's been amazing at something the first time they did it. No one. Shit. Like, I don't think anybody's been amazing at anything. Consistently amazing yeah. when they first start. Yeah. You can be lucky at something at the very beginning, but you're not going to be consistently good over the long haul. So that tells me, or tell, tell everybody, you're going to suck at anything you do when you first do it. So just keep doing it if you want to get better at it. I know, and it's a pretty clean day because everyone says it. A lot of people say this. And a lot of these motivational speakers are saying things that have been said for thousands of years. Really, no one is reinventing anything. It's just the delivery method is different. Or the delivery method might resonate more with another individual. That's the only difference. So let's say a David Goggins might resonate more with me than it might with my mother. Mm-hmm. That's okay. And someone else might resonate more with my mom than with me. That's okay. As long as they're saying the right things, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make anyone better than the other person. As long as the right thing is being said, the right thing is being done. It makes no difference. And it doesn't even matter to the extent of what the right thing is being done, as long as the right thing is being done. You don't have to run 100 kilometers. You don't. You should do something, though. You should do something for yourself because it'll make you feel better mentally and physically. That's the point. And just like with anything, if you're working on your physical health, you should also work on your mental health. And if you're working on your mental health, you should also work on your You should work on both. They work synergistically together. They're not exclusively each other. You have to work them together because yeah. both, both if they're improved together, both bring you back up. One can't be without the other. You have to do both. Then you're optimized. If you only do one, then you're not maximizing your skill set. You're just you're below average of yourself, not of anybody else. So if you want to be below average for your own self, then I don't need to talk to you because you just don't want the best for yourself. And if you don't want the best for yourself, then what am I going to do for you? But if you want the best for yourself, then cool. We can, I can, I can, I can fuck with that. That's all right. But I think maybe people don't see that perspective. No. And if you don't want to be the best of yourself, then why are you even here? You just want to be average? You just want to be normal? It's not good enough for me. I want to be better than, no, no not, I want to be better than I was yesterday. And I want to optimize every skill set I have so that I can be a better person for everyone around me. So what does that mean? If you need some help and you call me at three in the morning, I have guidance to give you. I'm going to give it. The only way I can give that is if I optimize who I am as a person. I can't help you if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. So what that means, I have to put in work for a couple more years so I can help you in five. That's what I'm doing. This I'm not doing this for a paycheck. I'm broke. <laughs> Straight up. And I'm, I'm cool with that. Doesn't matter to me. But what I do want to learn is I want to learn how to help people the best way I can. And right now it's through my physical self by running and doing it that way. Because I'm not mentally developed enough intellectually to be able to help the way I want to physically. But I will eventually. In the next two, three, four years, hopefully I will have completed my run across Canada. And then that way I hopefully will become a beacon of sorts. And then hopefully by that point, I'll have done enough work on myself and educated myself enough 
that I can then help other people the best of my ability. So if someone calls me at three in the morning, they're like, hey, man, this, that, and the other. Cool. Okay. Yeah. This, that. And then I can kind of help. Because that's what I want to be. Look, I'm, I'm divorced. Right? And I have a kid. I have her half the time. And then by the time I run across Canada, she can be eight or nine. She can go to school. So really, I have my daughter, and that's it. I have a daughter and running across Canada. That is it. Those are my two priorities in life. My daughter is right here, and Canada is right there, right next to each other. So that's how dearly I'm holding this run. Outside of something for my daughter, this run is happening. So I want to put my all into it, become the best person that I can, and I'm sure it's going to be difficult. I'm sure a lot of people are going to say negative things about me because I'm not a saint. I've done stupid things. I've been mean. I've been unpleasant at times. But I'm a genuine person that's trying to work positively and trying to make myself better for everyone around me. And I recognize that I haven't been the best person. And I'm trying to be better. Eventually, when I get to where I want to be, then I'll have peace because I'll be helping people the best way I can. So we can, we should call it. We should call it there. It's been a good solid two hours. That's that's like we should call it on that one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, ah, I feel like I've, there's still so much, but we'll, we'll have to have a follow up one. You can, yeah, do a follow up. You can just like take some notes of, after watching this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then take some notes and then uh, some questions, and then I'll um, you can fire at me again next time and let me know when you want to do it again. You can do it again. Okay. Before we go, I just want to ask you one question that I ask every single person that comes on. Sure. Um, so is there a stigma or misconception surrounding mental health that bothers you the most or that you hear most often that isn't true? Tough one. I'm dealing with it myself right now. Mm-hmm. I think stigma. Let's start with this. I'd say the stigma piece of get over it quickly so like um you were fine a couple months ago what the fuck happened now that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. now that becomes extremely difficult at least for me it was really really hard and hopefully one day i can tell my full story right now i probably can't but um eventually i will and um it's difficult when people really close to you don't internalize or understand the pain that you suffer because they don't see it now i sound so fucking cliche i get it and we say it all the time but man, now i get it now because i'm 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 dealing with it now it's like okay i get it now i get what people are saying okay now how do i now but i feel it now right so now my next question and this is how i think so you can get a in real time see how i think so my next question is okay how do we stop that so if people are going to have that stigma about Okay, get over it. What is that? And why do they think that way? So they probably think that way maybe because they truly don't understand. Like truly don't internalize what that means. So how do you get them to understand that? Well, probably not as a macro way of doing it. You can't. It has to be done micro. Like you have to almost do it in small groups of educating people so they're more personalized to it. Because if you do it in larger groups, they don't get personalized. It's not personal. So it has to be personal. It has to touch them. So that's the hard part. So most people really won't understand until they're touched by it. And even then, unless they have it, they won't. Because my own parents and family, they can they can support, but they don't really 
get it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's different. So I think that's why at least I felt isolated. Mm-hmm. So I'm isolated already because I just think differently anyways. And then I'm isolated because people don't, I don't feel like, I'm, like I'm, you, see what, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Feel free to reach out at any time. You can contact me on Instagram and Facebook at StompTheStigmaYYC. And you can email me at StompTheStigmaYYC at gmail.com. If you like the podcast, please like and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. And if you or someone you know would like to come on, I would love to have you share your story, speak your truth, and together we can stomp the stigma.